So we'll jump in. We'll do a quick recap, three-minute recap of last week's shear, where we began the sugya of um, inviting over somebody over on Shabbos that you know is going to drive. Um, and again, this is talking about somebody who lives over an hour away, uh, where you can already reasonably assume that he's not going to walk to your house, and he doesn't have a real option to walk to your house. Most people especially now in the 21st century, aren't walking more than an hour to your home. Uh, so you can assume that a person is going to be walking and that he doesn't really have an other viable option other than to drive to your house on Shabbos and then back to his house. How long does it take to walk from here to Marubashul? To Marubashul, uh, think about an hour. More than an hour. More than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Half of it. So, so what do you do about Marubashul? Yeah, so that, that would be questionable. Um, so, but if somebody does live within the vicinity, um, so then even if he's somebody who doesn't normally keep Shabbos, by you inviting him over to Shabbos, over for a Shabbos meal, it would be similar to Rav Shlomo Zalman's case of having a place for him to sleep mm. over at your place for Shabbos. Because uh, then he technically could walk to you. He's making his own choice to drive instead of walk. Uh, and therefore, it would not be an issue of lifne either. Um, so just to do a quick recap um, of last week's shear, we had three possible issues with inviting somebody over for Shabbos. We had the issue of lifne iver, putting a stumbling block before a blind person. The Torah says you cannot put a stumbling block before a blind person. Maybe this is a stumbling block because you're causing them uh, to drive on Shabbos by you inviting them over for Shabbos. You're in essence saying, oh, come transgress Shabbos, drive on Shabbos in order that you can come over to, uh, to the meal at my place. Uh, and we said that the Gemara already says that there is no issue of lifne iver when the person is able to do that transgression himself and when you're not the one solely facilitating it. Uh, so the, the example of the Gemara was that if the person, if you have a Nazir, somebody who is not allowed to drink wine, and he's able to get the wine himself, and you just happen to be the one who gave him that wine, that's fine. But if the person's on the other side of the river, he doesn't have access to get the wine himself, and now you give him the wine, that's the transgression of Lifne Iver in the Torah, uh, called Shrei Avri Denari, two sides of the river. He doesn't have access to it himself. That's when you have the biblical prohibition of Lifne Iver. But if he does have access to it himself, similar to the case of inviting somebody over for Shabbos, he's able to get into his car anyways and drive wherever he wants. Uh, so by you inviting him over for Shabbos, you're not giving him access to like a new prohibition. And therefore... But he might uh, stay home. What? He might stay home. Right, he might stay home, but he's able to do the, he's able to do the Isser himself, similar to the Nazir who's able to get the wine himself and do the Isser himself, even though you're the one giving it to him, right? You're facilitating uh, and you're aiding him in the Avera. Uh, so still, it's not, um, it's not the de Arisa, um, it's not the Isser de Arisa of Lifneiver. Um, so it's the same thing, when you're inviting somebody over for Shabbos, he's able to drive himself, and he would drive himself because he's not Shomer Shabbos, um, and by you inviting him over, yes, you may be, you know, aiding him to, to drive over. You're facilitating it in a sense. You're inviting him. You're saying, you know, come drive over to me on Chavez in a sense. Uh, but nevertheless, because he has access to it himself, he's able to do the Isser himself. Therefore, it's not the Isser de Arisa of inviting somebody over for Shabbos. But then we had a look in source number two, where we have Tostfos that says, even though if a person has access to it himself, 
Uh, it's not an Isser de Raisa. He says, Mikol Makom Isser de Rabbanan, Mia Ika, Shachayev Lafrisho Me Isser. There's still a, a, a de Rabbanan prohibition of inviting somebody over. Uh, sorry, of, of the case of the Nazir, of giving them the wine, even if they already have access to it. There's still an Isser de Rabbanan of Misayeya Yede Ovre Avera, which is helping somebody do an Avera. Uh, and you have a chiyov to uh, separate your friend, separate another Jew from doing an iser. Um, so that already gets into the big question of if you can uh, invite somebody over for Shabbos. Again, we mentioned there's no to arisa prohibition, but maybe there's a derabanan prohibition um, of inviting them over, of misayeya yede over avera, you're helping them. Uh, and facilitating them to do an Avera. Maybe it's a, it's a Dirabanan, Isser Dirabanan. And in that, we had three different opinions. We had Ramosha, who holds Usser. You're not allowed to invite somebody over for Shabbos. His specific case was inviting a Rav, inviting people over for Shul. And again, in Ramosha's time, there was no such thing as the Kirov movement, because he lived in America. Kirov was only began in, uh, with Aish, uh, at least in the Litvish world, with Aish. Uh, in Eretz Yisrael, uh, and that really began mid-60s, early 70s, uh, where it just started beginning. Before that, it was like an unheard of concept of inviting secular people over for Shabbos and then slowly getting into it and getting involved. Um, so in Ramosha's time, there was really no such thing as the cure of movement and inviting people over for Shabbos, but he was talking about a Rav who invites over his congregation to, their sh- to the shul on Shabbos. Right? So again, if they live very far, they live an hour and a half away, you know that they're not going to be walking there and back. You know that they're going to be driving. Uh, so by you, as a rub, inviting them over for the services, you know that they're going to be driving on Shabbos. Is that a problem of Lifne Iver? Or Moshe says, yes, you're not allowed to do it. We, we have this Dirabanan. He also, he connects it to um, a concept called Mesis, which is in, inciting somebody over, which we said is a, is a major Chiddush. Because uh, Mesis is really talking about somebody who in, in, entices uh, his friends to do Avodah Zara, and it's specifically given in that context. Uh, but Ramosha mm. still draws a parallel to that. Um, then we had the middle approach, which is Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach holds that as long as you give them some kind of way where they're able not to transgress Shabbos, then it's permitted and it will not be considered misayeya de over avera, helping them do an avera. So, for instance, as long as you give them the option of sleeping over at your house, right? Oh, I have a guest room, I have a bed, I have a couch for you to sleep on. As long as they have some kind of option, now it's already their decision. Um, and you're not helping them do the avera because they have a decision. Like, it's up to them if they want to sleep over or they want to drive um, back from your house on Chavez. Do you have to make that clear to them that you've got a spare room? Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's different levels in the postgame of how legit it has to be. Mm. Uh, some postgame will say you actually have to have a set bed. It's got to be a real offer. Other postgame will say even if you have, you know, a couch <clears> in the <throat> living room and technically if they really wanted to, right, even though practically who wants to sleep on somebody's living room couch, you know, especially if they're an older person. Um, so... Uh, as long as technically you have that option for them, now it's already on them because technically they can they have some kind of out where they can keep Shabbos. So different posts can take it to different levels. Uh, most can, most posts can say it has to be you know a legitimate offer, um, and that you technically would feel comfortable with them uh, even if you don't have an extra guest room, uh, but sleeping on your couch or wherever, or you can find a place 
uh, for them to sleep. Mm. Uh, as long as you say, you know, if you if you want to stay over for Shabbos, by the way, um, I always have a place uh, for you to sleep for the night. Uh, they would hold that that is fine. That's how Rav Usher Weiss uh, Paskins as well, uh, like Rav Shlomo Zaman. Um, and so we have Ramosha, who's strict, can't invite people over for Shabbos, well, specifically a Rav uh, to mm-hmm. Shul congregants. Um, and then we have um, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, where you have to give them some kind of out, right? Some kind of way uh, where they don't necessarily have to transgress Shabbos. And then we have Ramosha Sturmbach. Um, who lived in Johannesburg, and he was well and alive in the heart of the of the big Balchuva movement. Uh, and he was obviously asked this question: You know, can can you invite somebody over for Shabbos? You know, they live in Santon, and you're in Glen Hazel, right? It's a really far walk, and it's not safe. You know, for sure, they're not going to be uh, walking to your house and walking back on Shabbos. So, can you invite such a person over for Shabbos? Says Ramosha Sturmbach. Um, absolutely, you can invite him over for Shabbos. Why? Because you cannot consider this a case of lifne ever. Lifne ever means putting a stumbling block in front of a blind person. This is the best thing. Them coming for Shabbos is the best thing for them. You have their best intentions in mind. Um, this is the only way where they're actually gonna, you know, eventually come back to Yiddishkeit, where they can get a real taste of authentic Yiddishkeit, where they could see the power of your family dynamic, where they can see what it means to share something deep, a word of Torah, where they can connect uh, to Hashem away from their cell phones, away from TV or whatever else they would be doing, uh, or clubs or wherever else they would be. Uh, You're giving them this authentic Jewish experience. This is the only thing that's really going to connect them back onto the path of Yiddishkeit. This, in essence, is the best thing for their neshama. So to say that this is called lifne ever, where you're stumbling up the person, no, this is the best thing for them. This is the complete opposite of lifne ever. Impossible to call this lifne ever. Therefore, you don't even have to prepare for them a place where they can stay. Uh, you can invite them uh, under all circumstances uh, to come over for Shabbos uh, if you think that this can eventually bring them back um, onto the path of Yiddishkeit. Not lifne ever, it's the best thing for them. So Tinoch Anishbar is a concept that came up at the same time as the, this Kirov movement, or Tinoch Anishbar was before? Uh, it was before, it's already discussed in the Gemara. And Tinoch Anishbar really means uh, a baby that was captured. Uh, that's in the case of the Gemara. Uh, so it was a baby that was captured. And brought up in the, the non-Jewish, yeah, non-Jewish uh, culture, just like most yeah. Jews these days yeah. are brought up in a non-Jewish culture. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so ma- many posts can draw the parallel between a baby that was captured by the Christian church and never had access to Judaism. Uh, so they're considered Tinnush Chanishba because they got a completely different set of uh, ethics and what's right and wrong. Uh, and they draw the same parallel to Jews nowadays uh, where no reform has legitimacy, Torah is not binding, and they're getting that kind of education. So maybe they should also be considered Tinnush Chanishba just like the babies that were captured by the Christian church. Uh, so many posts can draw that parallel. Um, okay, so we have those three modes of psak when it comes to lifne ever. Um, is it considered lifne ever to invite somebody over for Shabbos? We had Ramosha, no. Uh, sorry, yes, it is lifne ever. Not allowed to invite them. Rosh Zaman, as long as you give them an out. And Ramosha Shlermach, that you're allowed to invite them under all circumstances. Um, okay, and now I want to, on page... Ooh, it's the third page on the booklet, um, and permitting based on the sugya of Chate, um, and underneath is source number six. 
Uh, so now we're going to have a completely different look at the sugya, and we're going to look into a different matter of halacha, which is the following. Are you allowed to do a small sin if you know that it's going to lead a person away from doing a bigger sin? Uh, and we're going to see the case of the Gemara. This is called chatei kedeshi yizke chavercha, which means chatei means should you do a chet, a sin, kedei in order she to merit chavercha your friend, meaning in order that your friend can get a bigger merit, meaning be saved from a bigger sin, can you do a much smaller sin? Uh, so does the Torah allow you to do a small sin in order that your friend should be um, saved from a big sin? We're going to see a few different cases in the Gemara in the postgame. Um, and then that will tie into this sugya of inviting somebody over for Shabbos, uh, where you think that it could save them from many other isurim on Shabbos, right? So yeah, maybe that's, that's we Moshe should Shem say, what's that? That's what Moshe Steinbuch is saying. Uh, to do that. Isn't that what he's really saying? He's saying differently. He's saying it's not, it's not Lifnei Iver to begin with. <clears throat> it's Pashtus the same thing. What? You're, you're, them you're stopping them from sending the Shabbos. Shabbos talks about being Mechal Shabbos to save someone because he'll end up being Mechal 10 Shabboses. Yeah, that's a, we'll get into that, that case yeah. over here. Yeah, so that's, it's all, I think it's the one basket. Oh, I think. Uh, it's, it's a little different because until now we've been discussing Lifne Iver Lesite Mishal, where Moshe Shlermach was saying it's not even Lifne Iver because you're having his best intentions in mind. So here we're saying, let's say we'd say 100% it's Aser, like Ramosha. But now can you do a small Iser in order to save your friend from a big Iser? Because you know that this can bring him back to the path of Judaism. And now you're going to be saving him from every single Shabbos uh, in, in his coming life. Right? So maybe, let's say it's 100% Aser. We go like Ramosha, Aser, Gomer. Um, to invite somebody over for, uh, for Shabbos. Right? Again, Ramosha Shlomo holds its mutter. Right? So let's say we'd go with Ramosha and say it's Aser. Uh, I want to look, now look at a different sogya, where it, which is maybe if, even if it was 100% Aser to invite somebody over for Shabbos, maybe we'd say it's better for you to do a small Isra and invite him over for Shabbos in order to save him from many Isurim in the future. Uh, so that's the sogya that we'll look at now. Uh, and we begin with the Gemara in Shabbos. This is source number six. Uh, the Gemara in Shabbos, Gimel Amr and it says the boy Rabibi Barabaye Hidbik Pas Betanor, which is that um, the way that they made the old lafas uh, was that you'd have these brick fire ovens uh, and you'd slap the piece of dough against the side of the tanor, against the side of the oven, uh, and now it was like a professional art. Uh, to get the, the dough off of the oven. Uh, and the Rabbanan said that to do so on Shabbos is Aser because it's a Maisa Uman. It's something that takes a lot of skill. And it looks like you're doing some kind of Malacha on Shabbos. Uh, therefore, Rabbanan said, Midir Rabbanan, not Midir Aisa, but Midir Rabbanan. They said you're not allowed to scrape the dough, these lafas, off the side of the oven on Shabbos. Um, and as Sabaye, Hidvik Paspetamer, what if your friend stuck the dough on the oven on Shabbos, right? So it's on Shabbos. He, it, and that's a prohibition of Bishel once it finishes cooking, right? So he stuck it on the oven. Once it finishes cooking, it's going to be an Isra of Bishel. So he's about, to, the, t- the clock is ticking. He's about to be over on Bishel once that thing hits, uh, hits uh, Mevushel Kotzorko, uh, or at least the third cooked. Uh, he's going to be over on Bishel. Uh, so now, Hitiru lo lerdoso kodem shiyavo lidechi of chatas. Are you not allowed to step in 
And before he comes to Echi of Chatas, which is a, a biblical uh, Isser de Raisa, can you now step in uh, and remove, um, remove the dough from the side of the oven on Shabbos, even though you're going to be over an Isser de Rabbanan? Right? So the question here is, you're going to be over an Isser de Rabbanan, but that's going to save your friend from an Isser de Raisa. Is that something that you should do or not? That's the Gemara's question. Um, so the Gemara asks, Hitiro, Allah Hitiro. And then the Gemara says, Mi Mechayev. It goes into this uh, dialogue here. Are you really going to be Chayev? Ko Chayev Echatas, Eine Chayev Achei Tehev, Tirlas and Shkaga, Vesof and Shkaga. Then Amar Rav Shilo, the Olam Beshogeg, Ulaman Hitiro Laacherem. We're talking about, is it mutter for somebody else to step in and save him from the Isser? And now we have Maskefla Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes asks, Do, Will we say to a person, you should do a sin in order that your friend should merit? And he's saying it bit me like in wonderment. Obviously, we would never say such a thing. Meaning even an Iser Durabanan, we would not allow you to do in order to save your friend from an Iser Duraisa. Uh, so we have over here the Gemara. Uh, which says pretty clearly from Rav Sheshes that we would not tell a person to sin, even if it's a small iser, in order to save your friend from a big iser. Okay, so it seems pretty straightforward from this Gemara that we would not say, do a small iser in order to save your friend from a big iser. However, we have a conflicting Gemara in Meseches Gitten. What does the Gemara say? Uh, this is source number seven. Uh, we have the first Gemara in Gitten, which is Daf Lamed Chesamed Beis, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Kolamashachar, Avda, Over Ba'asei, De La'olam Ba'em Ta'avodu. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda says, you're not allowed to free a slave because there is a, a command in the Torah, um, you, should, um, you, should put them, you, should, um, uh, you should use them forever. Right? You should use them forever. Therefore, you're not allowed to free a slave for no reason. Eved Ivri or Eved? Eved Kanani. So now we have a Gemara in Gitin. Uh, and Mem Ahmed Beis, and it says, on the contrary to what we just said, that you have a person who's half an Evan, half free, meaning he's owned by a Shutif, he's owned by two masters. One of his masters already freed the Evan. So now, what should that second master do? In one sense, he's Chayev in mitzvos, right? So, because he, he's half free. And in one sense, he's not Chayev in mitzvos. So there's nobody, he, he can't really marry a shifcha because a Jew, once he's a full Jew, he's not able to marry a shifcha Kananis. Uh, and the half of him that's still a Eved is not allowed to marry a full Jew uh, because, um, because he's, still, he's still an Eved in a sense, right? So he's in this limbo zone. Uh, so what should he do? Says the Gemara, Kofin is Rabba. We forced the second Rav, the Osa Osa Ben Choran, to make him, uh, uh, to free him, right? So we forced the second Rav to free him. Uh, the problem is, though, that we just said in the Gemara on Laman Chesam and Beis that you're not allowed to free an Eved. So now we're forcing the second master um, to free his slave, which is an Isser. Uh, how can we tell him to do an Isser in order to, um, in order for him to be Makayim, to fulfill the mitzvah of Puravu, because he has nobody that he can marry? Um, so how do we resolve, right? There's an Isser on one end, but now we're forcing the Rav in order to free him, which is an Isser, in order so that he can be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Puravu, so that he can have children, which is a mitzvah in the Torah. But this is Chatei, Kedeshi Yizka Chavercha. We're telling him to do a sin in order um, that, that the slave can now fulfill the mitzvah of Puravu. How can we allow such a thing? So it says Tosvos, I'm going to skip to the bold part and source number eight. 
Uh, says Tosos, right? He asked the question. So he asked exactly our question. How do you reconcile these two cases? Says Tosos, two different answers. Answer number one is Shani Priya Verivya. The mitzvah Rabahi Pru Urvu is different because it's a big mitzvah. So something which is a big mitzvah like Pru Urvu. Then we would say that uh, we would say you can do a small avera in order to save your friend from some from something big like the mitzvah of puravu, um, right? And then Tosus gives a, another answer. That only where a person was poshea, like the first case, the first case where the person put the dough on the oven, that was his bad, right? He. He like bemazed it on purpose, put the dough on the oven on Shabbos, was over on Bishel. Uh, so he was poshea, right? He did a negligent act. So therefore, you're not required to do even a small Avera in order to save him from a big Avera. But according to Tosvos, if the person was a Shogig, if it wasn't his fault, maybe if he was a Tinuk Shanishba, so then you would, you would be permitted uh, to do a small Avera in order to save him from a big Avera, like the case of the slave. Right? The slave didn't do anything. It was his master that freed him. Now he has the mitzvah of Puravu. He has to have children. Uh, he has a mitzvah to have children. Uh, so he was not a poshea. He was not negligent in any way. So therefore, uh, uh, it's up to the second master to free him, even though it's a small avera. He's allowed to do it because he's saving um, the, the slave and enabling him to do a big mitzvah. Uh, and, it, and he wasn't a poshea. It wasn't the slave's fault. So therefore, it's permitted. So how do you judge a big mitzvah then? Um, good question. Yeah. And there's this case in Brachot where the Tama freed his slave so that he'd have a, mi- a minion. Yeah, yeah. And that's a Darabanan, not yeah. a Raisa. Uh, so that's in also the next source okay. um, where we have that case. Okay. Uh, so that also he calls a mitzvah Rabbah because, like, all the, all, again, on, on all the Rishonim ask on that Gemara, how could it be that Rabbi Leazar freed his slave? Yeah. Uh, we have this avira of Leolimba uh, and Tavodu. Sorry, Asay of Leolimba and Tavodu. How could he transgress that? And then uh, we have the same answer that there, there too was a mitzvah rabba because it was a mitzvah de rabbin. Right, okay. Huh? So it was Parsha Zohar, right? Uh, oh, Parsha Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the Rishonim says Parsha Zohar, therefore they had a mitzvah de Arisa um, to fulfill because otherwise it's just uh, a minog or derabanan, whatever you're going to call it. Um, yeah, very good. Um, so yeah, over there also mitzvah rabbah because it's a mitzvah derabim, um, and the Rajba calls a mitzvah derabim also a mitzvah rabbah, a great mitzvah. Um, okay, so we have two answers in Tosos. One, if it's a big mitzvah, then it's you're permitted to do a chet for somebody else. And two is if the person wasn't a poshea, it wasn't his fault, uh, so then also you would be allowed to do a small chet in order to save that person. Um, um, okay, I just want to show, oh, so what would come out of that is that when inviting somebody over for Shabbos, let's say 100% it's forbidden, it's lifne iver to invite another person over for Shabbos. However, would we say, chate, do a small avera in order to save the other person from a big avera? So according to the two reasons of Tosvos, right, we'd have to look at each reason separately. According to the first reason of Tosvos, uh, we're mitzvah rabbah, so this would definitely be a mitzvah rabbah. Right? So, this would definitely warrant a uh, because this can bring him the path. I mean, besides for the fact that Shabbos is 
Osila Olam, it's the staple of a Jew. Um, him hearing Kiddush, him getting involved in the Shabbos meal, that alone might be a mitzvah rabbah. But the fact that he might now, in the future, be turned on to Yiddishkeit uh, and then keep future Shabbosim, that would definitely be considered a mitzvah rabbah. Um, however, when it comes to the second answer of Tosvos, right, do you consider this guy to be a poshea or not? The fact that he's not keeping Shabbos and that he would drive to your house on Shabbos? That already is iffy, right? It depends if you're going to call him a tinok shenishba. Uh, it depends if he has enough knowledge about Yiddishkeit where he can already make the choice uh, to keep it uh, and if he already has the right kind of context. Uh, so when we look at the two answers of Tosos and say, would we, would we allow you to invite somebody else for Shabbos? Uh, assuming that it was a chet, assuming that it was lifne ever to invite him. Um, so according to the first answer of Tosos, yes, it is a mitzvah rabbah because he can end up keeping all future uh, Shabbosim and Yiddishkeit as a whole. Uh, and according to the second uh, answer of Tosvos, uncertain, right? It depends how you're going to learn up uh, various aspects um, of, of if we consider this person to be negligent in the fact that he's not keeping Shabbos or not. Um, okay. Uh, I just wanted to show another approach to resolve these two sugyas, that it's not so simple that we go like Tosvos. There's also another approach of the Rajba that the Rajba says um, that the prohibition of the Olam Ba'em Ta'avodu doesn't apply to somebody who's half uh, Ever, half Ben Chorin. Um, and that's why we allow the, the Rav to, uh, to, to set him free. Uh, it's because there is no prohibition in the first place to somebody who's only a half Ever. Meaning the Olam Ba'em Ta'avodu applies to somebody who's a full Ever, somebody who's a half Ever. We don't apply the prohibition. And that's why we allow the Rav uh, and in fact, force him to free the Eved in order to be Mikhail in the mitzvah of Pru Urvu. How do we paskin like? Um, so, this is where we get into uh, what uh, Mr. Gerendasi mentioned. Uh, this is a very famous Pace Yosef. Uh, this is source number 10 in the back page. Um, and the. And uh, source number 10, we have the Beis Yosef. Um, I'm not going to uh, go through the whole thing. Uh, but it was basically a Shaila that came to the Beis Yosef, which was, um, sorry, a Shaila that came to the Rajba. Um, and this is in Chuvis Rajba. And that was that um, one of the children in the town got kidnapped. Um, I believe, was the Rajba in Europe? Rajba lived in Europe? I know, that's a, I thought it was by the Christians. And it was something that Christians would do, um, like the churches. Muslims weren't known for kidnapping kids and trying to bring them in. But what, the question was that they kidnapped one of the children, um, and they knew the child was 100% safe, right? Uh, there was no risk to, to their life. However, they, wouldn't, uh, they would get no exposure to Judaism. Um, and the question was, it was on Shabbos. Are they allowed to go out of the tomb? Are they allowed to get the seal from the, from the leader of the town at the time, from the, uh, from the king, uh, in order to uh, demand the release of the child? All these things would uh, incur different, um, different isurim on Shabbos. Are you allowed to break Shabbos when you know there's no danger to the child's life, but um, they, they're at risk? Uh, that you might not be able to find them after Shabbos, right? Because they're going to get further and further away and more and more concealed and hidden. It's going to be harder and more difficult to find them after Shabbos. Uh, so are you allowed to break Shabbos now in order to potentially save the child um, from, um, from getting uh, involved in, uh, in Muslim or Christian 
um, upbringing and not having any uh, access to, to Judaism in the future, right? So the Shaila is very similar to ours in that over here, you're breaking Shabbos once, but you're saving the child from many Shabbosim in the future. So would that be permitted or not? Uh, I have in the bold over here. Um, and he says, V'hashta im de mitzvah raba. If you're going to go like the reason of, of Tosvos, which is the first reason of Tosvos, that it's a mitzvah raba. He says, Hadavar baror she'ein lecha mitzvah raba milehatzila shelo yafchidua achetama. So th- there's no greater mitzvah uh, then saving this child, where in all future gener- uh, in all future Shabbosim, she's not going to be able to keep uh, Shabbos. Right. So the base Yosef first of all paskins like Tosos, and then he goes through the two reasons of Tosos, where if you say it's mitzvah Rabbah, then for sure you're allowed to save this child. There's no greater mitzvah where they're going to keep all future Shabbosim. And if you're going to say the reason is. Um, because only if you're not a poshea are you allowed to be over uh, Shabbos. Uh, but if you if they are a poshea, then you're not allowed to be over Shabbos. So here too, Hachanami lo pasha. She did not do any kind of negligence. She got kidnapped against her will. Vehilchach lechalal Allah shari. It's mutter to to go search for her. Um nami, and it's even a mitzvah to go search for her. Ika uh, ve'ilo and if if this if this person doesn't want to transgress Shabbos to go look after them, then we in fact force them, right? Beis comes out really strong that not only are you permitted to be mechala Shabbos in order to save her from many future Shabbosim, but you're in fact we would force um, the father of this child to break Shabbos and go start searching for the, for her daughter on Shabbos because it's a mitzvah rabba. She was not poshea. Therefore, we would say, in such a situation. And we find that the Shulchan Aruch Paskin Saitosis, it says, Somebody who got a message on Shabbos uh, that, her, that his daughter got kidnapped uh, and they want to take her out of Klal Yisrael, they want to take her out of being Jewish. Uh, it's a mitzvah to go out into the road uh, and to uh, be involved in saving her. It's mutter even to go outside of Gimel Parsos, uh, which according to some opinions is a deraisa. And if he doesn't want to do it, we would in fact force him. So we see uh, that the base Yosef Paskins like Tosos, he uses the two reasons of Tosos. Um, and Lamaisa, uh, we find that we paskin like Tosos. So coming back to our sugya, it really could be that we would say, when it comes to inviting somebody over for Shabbos, even if you'd say 100% that it's Aser, uh, A, it's a mitzvah rabba to invite them over, and B, it could be that they're not potion because they grew up with around a secular society where everybody told them it's mutter to transgress Shabbos. Uh, so in a Kiruv kind of setting, uh, it could be that they're not potion. Uh, so we already have this extra kula of Tosos in order to allow it. Yeah. Do you consider it similar if you know that the person's not going to be influenced in a positive way if you uh, if you invite them, but they may be influenced in a negative way if you don't invite them. Mm. So so you know they may say, oh you know, yeah. guys are snobs. Something yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a famous case with the Chazanish um, where. He invited Ben Gurion. Uh, ben Gurion wanted to speak with the Chazanish, 
uh, and his Talmidim were like hawking over him to watch like every little move that he did uh, in order to learn, you know, how you deal with, uh, with, with secular Jews. Uh, and one of the things was that the Chazanish, he didn't actually, uh, he put food in front of uh, Ben-Gurion, knowing that he wouldn't make a bracha on it, right? He, didn't, he wouldn't assume that he would have made a bracha. But maybe, again, it would be considered lifnaiver to put food in front of him because he's going to take the food, not make a bracha. Uh, and now you're giving him food without him making a bracha. Maybe that's also, in a sense, considered lifnaiver. Um, but the Chazun Ish uh, felt that if you don't put food in front of him, then he's going to come to to hate Jews, right? Like, in a sense, right? Uh, so, again, the Chazanish didn't actually offer him the food. He didn't say, oh, here, have some cake. But there was water and cake in front of him. He put the water in front of cake and cake in front of him. He didn't actually offer it to him because he was uh, afraid of the lifnaiver aspect. Uh, but at the same time, he didn't want him to come and... Right, because it's rude to, yeah. especially to Melech, like to uh, like Ben Gurion, who's the prime minister, uh, not to offer him cake. Uh, so therefore, the Chazanish felt that because you're going to cause negativity, uh, so then in that case, uh, it would be, uh, in a sense, mutter to uh, to facilitate it in some sense. Post can take that even further, and they say any time because it's rude not to offer somebody food. Uh, so it's a lifne ever of causing them to hate Jews. To hate yeah. Jews, yeah. Uh, so they say the lifnaiver will go the opposite way, uh, and therefore they permit offering them food at a function or when they're over. Hey, you want a drink of water? Doesn't make a difference if they're going to be making a bracha or not. Uh, that's the more lenient approach that they hold. It's lifnaiver the other way around that you're causing, uh, that you're causing uh, ill feelings toward you if you're not polite and courteous. Uh, so very good point that you're making, uh, and the poskim do take that into consideration uh, when it comes to something like that. And that's why if you have like a family member or not inviting them on Shabbos, they would consider as like, oh, he's trying to, you know, push me away. He doesn't want to have anything to do with me. Obviously, there's usually a middle ground where you can do it more sensitively uh, and maybe invite them over or something. Or at least they know the game, you know, in some sense. Um, but yeah, that would be a consideration to take into effect. The fact that they would consider it rude uh, and you kind of pushing them away. Um, and that would be a lefnei iver of losis, um, that you should not hate your fellow. Losisna uh, sechicha belvavecha, not to hate your fellow in your heart. You're inciting him to hate you in a sense. Uh, I hate these Jews. You know they're always uh, against me. They don't want to have anything to do with me. So if you think that that might come out of it, then that's a very important consideration also to take into effect. It's very hard with the self-hating Jew. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that dafka. You know, are always looking to trip you up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're yeah. not going to change them. Yeah. There's nothing no, you do. No, but the question them. is to what extent we have an obligation to try at least yeah. to, to, to give a favorable impression, you know, yeah. give a, give a... And like with, with not shaking hands, uh, people who don't shake uh, yeah, women's, women's hand. hands. Yeah, like so to what extent? The guy, I'm like, they're very like, oh, I'm so sorry. But if it's a, a Jew, often they'll be like, oh, you don't want to shake my hand. You think it's uh, like yeah. a sexual connotation and they get very upset with, with it. Uh, but the guy are always like very respectful and like what well, they're kind of intrigued by it yeah. and like wow that's uh you know real discipline so uh you've yeah you always find with the jews they have more of a, a, more a chip of a on strong their feelings yeah. apparently the queen understood all that and she shook hands with anybody in the row and then you know said hello to the rabbi chief rabbi but didn't put her hand out yeah uh, 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 she was totally uh, sorry she was totally <laughs> 
Um, okay, so we'll, we'll come with this with this final uh, reasoning, uh, and then we'll bring it full circle and come out with uh, with some final psak, um, which is that now I want to even take it a, a little bit of a stretch further, right? So we had that it might even be permitted for even if we say it's hundred percent aser, it might be permitted for you to do a small chait because you're saving him from a big chait. Right, because a this is a mitzvah rabba. Secondly, it could be maybe or maybe not. They have even the second reason of Tosos, uh, which the Beis Yosef Paskins like, uh, which is that um, they're not poshim. Right, maybe we consider these people not to be poshia, not to be negligent. Uh, so we have that reasoning uh, to be mako. Uh, but now it could be. Um, I want to add on another reasoning, which is we might even say that the person himself. Uh, let's say he himself comes, right? Your, uh, your secular friend doesn't keep Shabbos, never kept Shabbos. And he says, I want to drive to your house on Shabbos. Um, he comes to the Rav and says, I want to drive to people's houses on Shabbos. I know it's not permitted on Shabbos, but it's the only way I'm ever going to end up keeping Shabbos is by getting some kind of feel of what it is, how powerful it is, how it can uh, affect my life for the better, uh, affect my family life, my connection to myself, to Hashem, to others. Uh, so let's say he would ask about himself. Should he transgress Shabbos in order to save himself from any other Shabbosim in the future? So till now we've been dealing with the case, should somebody else transgress an Avera in order to save somebody else from an Avera? Now we're dealing with the question, should somebody himself transgress an Avera in order to save himself from, from uh, a bigger Avera? Uh, so that comes back to the Gemara and Shabbos. We have this, Ela Amar Rav Ashi, source number 12. Ela Amar Rav Ashi, Le'olam B'mezid. We're talking about somebody who put it on B'mezid. Ve'ema Kodem Shiyavo Lide Isser Skila. And we're talking about a case where he himself uh, wants to save himself from an Isser Skila. Uh, and in that case, the Gemara goes on to say that Rav Bibi wasn't sure if a person is allowed to uh, remove the, the bread in order to save himself from an Isser Skila. Uh, so says Tosfos. In source number 13, um, and he says, uh, So he goes in to quote uh, Gemara and Erevin. Uh, I just want to skip to the main part here because we're running short on time. Um, okay, so we'll skip to the Omer Riva. It's at the end of the second line uh, after the three dots. Uh, in source number 13, after the three dots, Riva, atzmo, even to the person who stuck on the bread himself, ein lifshot misham lahatir, um, you cannot assume that it's mutter, lo iser, iser lo iser chamer, ayado, shel iser kvar lo afilo iser So essentially what Toso says, is that if you know for sure, 100% sure, that you're going to be saving yourself from an Isser, uh, then it's permitted. But if you're not really sure if it's going to be, save yourself from an Isser in the future, 
Uh, so then uh, we wouldn't necessarily say that you should do a small iser in order to save yourself from a big iser. So if you know for sure that the bread isn't fully cooked, then uh, you can remove it. Do the iser derabanan to save yourself from a bigger iser deraisa. But if you're not sure if it's fully cooked or not, then don't remove it from the side of the oven uh, because it's, it's not good in that case to do a small iser in order to save yourself from a big iser. Um, and we have the Gemara in Erevin, which basically says that a Tamar Chacham is allowed to take off Miser from his own produce and to do a small iser in order to save a Anama Aretz from a bigger iser. Um, um, so, yeah, you would say, and, and there you can have a Kavachomer that if, you, if the Tamar Chacham can do a small iser for somebody else, for sure the, the Ama Aretz himself can take off Miser himself to save himself from a big from a big iser. Sorry, I'm kind of rushing through the end because uh, we're running short on time. Uh, and what basically comes out from this this end sugya uh, is that to save yourself from a big iser, uh, if you know for sure that there's potential where it can save yourself from a bigger iser later on, so then it would be permitted. So in a case where um, this uh, secular Jew would come and say, "Hey, maybe I should actually tra- should I ask the Rav Shaila? Should I transgress Shabbos?" drive to somebody's house in order to save myself from a bigger iser later on, uh, we would actually tell him, we might tell him yes, right? We would probably tell him yes. Uh, you should do a small iser in order to save yourself from a bigger iser later on, based on this Gemara and Shabbos, based on this Gemara Erevin. Um, and therefore, we would definitely say that there's no, this is Rav Berkowitz's approach to the sugya, because we'd say, uh, We'd say that, uh, yes, you, we would paskin for this person. It's better to drive on Shabbos uh, in order to save for yourself from many uh, Averas in the future, a bigger Avera later on. So Rav Yitzchuk Berkowitz therefore holds that, there, that therefore definitely there's no lifne Iver uh, of inviting somebody over for Shabbos because you're not tripping him up because we would paskin for him himself. That it, might, that it would be a good thing for him to dr- drive on Shabbos in order to save himself from many Yisurim in the future. Uh, so Rav Berkowitz's approach is that when there is potential for somebody to keep Shabbos later on, right, you see this person's into it, uh, you see his, uh, his eyes light up and Yiddishkeit and he's, he's getting into it, uh, and you see a growth pattern uh, for this person in the future. Uh, so therefore, it would definitely not be Lifne Iver, not because of Ramosha Sternbach's reason that you're really doing it for his benefit or of Shlomo Zaman's reason uh, because you're giving him an option out of it. Uh, Rav Yitzchak Berkowitz is, uh, takes it from that because we'd paskin for him himself, you could do a small iser in order to save yourself from a future iser later on. So therefore, you're not tripping him up to do any iser because it's technically allowed for him himself to do a small iser in order to save himself from bigger iserim later on. Uh, so those are basically the four approaches when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to inviting people over for Shabbos, um, what should you paskin like? Uh, obviously, ask your your rav that you take Shilas to. Um, if in lieu of a, if if you don't have a, a rav to ask, uh, so then I mean I personally go with my rebbe Ravitsa Berkowitz. Uh, his reasoning is like very solid, very sound. Besides the fact that you have many hetarim, right? And to begin with, it's a derabanan, uh, and then second of all, you have Ramosha Sturmach's uh, reasoning, uh, which is very reasonable. Uh, which is that it wouldn't be considered lifne iver when you're inviting somebody uh, on Shabbos uh, because you're doing the best thing for him. You're having his best intentions in, in mind. And then you have the sugya of chatek kadeshi yiska chavercha, where you're allowed to do a sin for somebody else if it's a mitzvah rabba or if they're considered not poshim. Uh, mitzvah rabba check, not poshim, questionable, if they're not considered a poshaya. 
Uh, so you have that additional reason of Tosvos. And then you have this fifth reason that for him himself, uh, we would say that you can do a small Isser in order to do a bigger Isser. And therefore, you have another reason why it wouldn't be Lifne Iver to begin with, uh, because we might him for him himself that it would be permiss- perm- permissible. Uh, so we have, you know, like a considerable amount of reasons uh, in order to, uh, to permit it on Shabbos. Uh, and this isn't necessarily the, the area that you want to be machmer, that we're looking for chumras, right? Because you have this whole, person's whole future uh, ahead of him. This is really a point where you can, where you can touch him uh, in a powerful way. Um, so therefore, there's considerable reason to be lenient in the matter. Um, and of course, everybody should ask their own rav, but these are the reasons where you can be mako. Um, and this is all the Indian uh, person uh, who, for cure of reasons, right? Like you see him on, on a pattern. Uh, where he can eventually keep Shabbos. If it's somebody, um, like Mr. Berger was mentioning last week, uh, if it's somebody who, it's just part of their experience, you know, part of their, their weekly activities, their, their traditional, but you can't see them at all in any way uh, later on in life, you know, keeping Shabbos. Uh, so then in such a case, that's then... That's a pretty harsh judgment, though, on that person. Ah, so that's, that was it. Uh, what's her name? Tivy. Tivy. That was Tivy's argument. Uh, so you never know for sure, That's right? right. Yeah. Uh, like all of a sudden, That's something right. can can yeah. shift That's in a, in a yid, yeah. where right. uh, and especially later on in life, they might lose a close one, which happens God pretty forbid, often. Yeah. God forbid. Yeah. Uh, and then they, you know, they kind of get that uh, harsh reality check, and maybe there's something beyond this world. Um, so you know something can always spark them, uh, hopefully in a good way, not yeah, through sure, a loss. Sure, but, sure, sure. Uh, but there can be you know various reasons that can push somebody in the future. Uh, so therefore, yeah, you would have uh, you would have that reason. Um, and again, if the person only lives forty five minutes and they have that option, you already have Rav Shlomo Zalman also to to rely upon uh, in such a case. Uh, so that that concludes the sigya of inviting other people for Shabbos. Hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, please take all the leftover danishes. Was there another double before uh, this? to take full ones, no cutting. <laughs> was there another double before this, or this was the whole? That, that was the whole. Yeah, that was the whole. Everybody, you're welcome to keep them. Thank you. Sure. Some, some more water.